TSL. This is the Satin Lounge, where we celebrate equality and promote creativity in the LGBT community. With that said, I am so excited to introduce you to our next guest, who runs Michael Fairman on air on soaps. He's um, one of the leading experts in the field of daytime drama. He's an innovator with over 20 years of experience in the medium, a journalist of online publications like theadvocate.com and TV Guide Online. He's uh, an on-air host, a producer and writer of several soap-oriented series and projects ranging from E-Television's daily um, live soap talk show, Pure Soap, and SoapNet's Soap Center. And you can even hear him and his soap break on XM Satellite Radio. That's a lot of soap, Michael. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a soapy world. It is, isn't it? I'm just keep it clean. And, but the description that I love most about him is that he's a strong voice and advocate for the LGBT community. And, and not to mention, um, fellas, he has the sexiest triceps I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Said Lounge, please help me welcome Mr. Michael Fairman. Well, first of all, thank you for the <laughs> triceps. I think it's my biceps that are actually bigger than my triceps. Is no, it, no, is no it, I don't know. Uh, is know. it? Did I get them backwards? I think I have them backwards because I have little, actually, I'm not being egotistical. My triceps are actually small. No, I, but I think they're both big. <laughs> I think everything is kind of huge over there. Well, I just, am I supposed to talk dirty on Pillow Talk? You can, exa- I mean, I mean, first of all, when you gave me the invitation, I was like, you're, call- you're having me on Pillow Talk? <laughs> All I'm saying is, can I squeeze one of them? Absolutely. You know, well, do they squeeze? I mean, they rock so hard. They squeeze and they they squish (laughs) the older you get. Thank you very much. Um, No, but you know, you invited me to pillow talk and I was like, am I supposed to talk dirty on this show? You can do exactly what you were born to do. I hope I get a date out of this. Hey, you know what? We might hook that up. Callers, you heard that. (laughs) The number is... (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you so much for being here. Of We're course. so happy to have you here. Um, what an extensive resume you have. I mean, I want to take them on a journey with how much you've been into, innovated, created, what you've been up to. Is you are just a mastermind at creating brand new stuff. And that's something that we talked about off air that people don't really think for themselves anymore. And it's just a privilege to have you here. With that said, I guess the most obvious question is, how did you get into soaps? What attracts you to soaps instead of motorcycles or politics or something? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm actually getting more into politics now because I'm appalled. When I I watch CNN, (laughs) duck on watching more politics now. But there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. It's not good. Um... Regarding the soaps, so the story that many people have heard, and I'll, I'll tell you, is that when I was nine, nine, I was very sick. I was a sick kid. I was an asthmatic, and I, I just wasn't well. I mean, I just had a lot of health issues as a young God, kid. Mm. And so I didn't go to school for like six months, and I would hang out at home with my mom, and she would be watching As the World Turns mm-hmm. and General Hospital and The Doctors and, you know, whatever okay. soaps. And okay. so I started watching them. Because there was a disconnect, I felt a disconnect between myself and the other kids. Okay. I didn't have a, a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. 
because I was isolated being home. Like, and then I have this weird brain that I remember, you never want to say something to me because I remember exactly when it was said, you know? <laughs> so no, it's not like that. But yeah. but I remembered characters and storylines and the actors' names and wow. all the things that just kind of... I, I, like, so it was a bit of an escapism for you. It was escapism. And also it was comforting for me. Okay. Because these characters that I watched every day became like family and my friends because I was isolated. Wow. But after that, you know, I went back to school and things were, you know, I was healthier and, mm -hmm. and all of that. And then I just continued to want to know every day, like what was going on with these characters. Right. And who knew with my journey that later in life, all of that knowledge. It was preparing you for your future. <laughs> well, I had gone through all of these <laughs> other incarnations in my professional career. Yes. Then in 1988 and 89, there was the AIDS epidemic was very strong mm -hmm. and AMFAR was an organization I wanted to do something for and I was living in New York City. I had been there for, um, I lived there for 14 years before Los Angeles Okay, and I created an event reaching out to all the soap stars and people in the daytime community mm -hmm. called Night of the Daytime Stars yes. before the daytime Emmys. Right, right. And that was my foray into it. Like, I didn't know everybody. That was your first Thing. exposition into Correct. the soaps. Yeah. Seriously. But on the professional side of it. Wow. Not, not, but I've been somebody who was watching them for 20-some mm -hmm. years before mm -hmm. that. But it was the first time I actually tried to get in the business part of yes. that. How interesting and beautiful is that? To actually take something that you loved and marry it with, with something that needed attention. Right. It was just, it's very innovative as I use right. the word I mean, for yeah, you all I the mean, time. And it was so great because it, there was a club in New York called Tattoo and I remember I was amazed at the daytime community and to this day I say that they mm -hmm. will show up and mm -hmm. I don't think they just show up because they'll come to an end, opening of an envelope mm -hmm. but because they seem to care about issues and they show up. Mm -hmm. And there were 65 daytime stars. And back then, wow. there were, you know, 13, 14 shows. You know, we right. don't have what we have four now. But, you know, there were tons of network soaps. Mm -hmm. Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and Geraldo Revere were co-hosts. Wow. I mean, it was like wild. It was like a talent show. Mm -hmm. And everybody got up and performed. We had a fashion show. I mean, it was outrageous. And wow. I was so proud of it. We raised a Should lot of be. money. And, and it became a staple for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And uh, then from there, I became a producer on the Daytime Emmys with Dick Clark. And so yeah. that's how I got uh, segued from there to television. Dick Clark. So you worked with Dick Clark. Did you meet actually meet him? I did. He? I did. And he was, you know, what a talented guy. Oh and he God, was a guy, crazy. and I, you know, he worked so hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the things that we talked about that I admire, he worked so hard. Mm -hmm. He was innovative. He had great vision. I had worked on the Daytime Emmys the American Music Awards. I think I did one Golden Globes. I did a few things. And I remember as we were at the daytime Emmys in New York getting ready for the broadcast and Susan Lucci, I did the clip packages. So when they did the nominees are mm -hmm. and you go to the clips, right. I picked all the clips because I knew the shows and okay. the storylines. And so it would be my job to pick that segment and put them in the clips. Okay. So when I went best actor mm -hmm. and then they rolled the clips. Mm -hmm. So Susan Lucci's clip Thanks, Susan. Did not come in on time, uh -huh. so we had to put a dummy one in there until. Okay. And so she happened to be in the audience the day we were in the at the event. Okay, you know, doing a rehearsal, 
and she saw the clip and she went, that's horrible. She didn't want that clip. Right. So then Dick turned to me and goes, get rid of that clip. Like, you know, so he yelled at me and went, I didn't have a clip from Susan. You know, so he yelled at me, but it was cool. We were cool after that. He's Dick Clark. He can yell at me. We didn't have the clip yet, but we did put the clip Susan wanted in. She didn't win that year anyways, unfortunately. Oh, God, Susan. (laughs) But I love Susan, by the way. (laughs) I do. I think she's one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed in a class act. And I remember the last All My Children press junket saying goodbye to Susan. Mm -hmm. It was tough. It was very hard. We hugged each other and we had tears. And I mean, both of us, it was like... I've interviewed her for so many years and to realize this is ending and it was hard. I mean, I think I was more upset than she was. Wow. So we, well, we all were. It's actually. really horrible. Yeah. What I find so interesting and, and maybe you can help me with this. I think you, you're the perfect person to answer this question. What is the dynamic of um, gay men and these strong female characters on soaps? What is that attraction? Now, I understand lesbians. I understand what we... It's because okay, they're Hot. They're hot. hot thing. Okay, yeah. they're hot. Yeah. But, but the men and what the- is going on with you know people who love Judith Light and who love uh, Erica Slayzak? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Erica I love Kane. Erica Slayzak. What's, what's going on with you know uh, that dynamic? Um, Educate me, Michael. Oh, I- <laughs> um, well, I was a little different than your typical gay. I'm, well, I don't want to say that because that's generalizing, but... Don't you know, stereotype your stereotype. Exactly. Right. Stereotyping my stereotype. Yeah, people. don't do that. Um, <laughs> not a good thing. No. But what I was going to say to you is, you know, like my heroine and is Erica Slays, like it's Vicky on One Life to Live. Like that was the woman yeah. that I, my heroine, that I would cry with, that I okay. would watch. That, and of course she was a multiple personality. So, okay. you know, I mean, I identify, <laughs> not that I identify with that part, but you, you know, sure? I, I, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually not. Mikey's coming out now. Stop um, it. Oh, you know, yeah. I, no, I, okay. I, I know. I think for for gay men, I think you know these characters live dramatic lives. Uh-huh. Some like Erica Kane is. So, I mean, the gay audience loves Erica Kane. Okay. Susan Lucci, she's over the top, right? You know, their drama and their love lives. You know, there's just something to be said about their lives are so the drama, the drama, guys. and their and they get the leading guys, uh-huh. and you know, I think it's all of that. Look, gay guys love to cry, yeah, laugh, <laughs> watch them have sex. You know, right. it's the same thing. I mean, I, but I but that's generalizing. I I think everybody has their favorite. Wondered what that was about. Well, you know, I also have to say it has been so amazing. Uh, on my website, michaelfairmansoaps.com. MichaelFairmanSoaps.com. Otherwise known as Michael Fairman on air on soaps. But the male gay viewers that write to me and comment mm-hmm. or have been on my, you know, podcasts or shows that I've done, they're amazing. I mean, they they are touched by the gay storylines. Look, it's females right. and gay men who are watching daytime soaps. That's exactly and true. And gay men are a huge part of this. this is now, true. whether they come out and admit they're watching it or not, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. But they are a huge part of it. How do you feel about the presence or, uh, or maybe the lack thereof of LGBT characters in daytime soap. I mean, it's kind of changing, I think. Uh, I've seen a few uh, really strong characters in the past couple of years that I felt like I could identify with. No, I I think there's some amazing work being done in Days of Our Lives with Will's coming out storyline on Days. Right. Chandler Massey's doing an Mm -hmm. amazing job. I've really gotten behind him as an actor and as someone to promote what he's doing in the gay community because his coming out story 
was very carefully crafted mm -hmm. and under a lot of scrutiny between NBC, Days of Our Lives. Like, they sat on this for a while and figured out, like, how they were nervous right. to tell it because they wanted to tell it in a way that would be palpable mm -hmm. for mainstream America. Okay. That's always the issue. Is that's it palpable it, yeah. for mainstream America so they won't turn it off? Mm -hmm. And that's happened with most of the shows. Mm -hmm. One, One Life to Live with the Kish couple who, you know, were the first male sex scene, mm -hmm. you know, and they're in, and all that. And they were beloved by the fans and critically acclaimed and then, then they got booted off. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of controversy why we won't go into that. But, okay. um, you know, Bianca and All My Children right. and the lesbian storyline, right. which I hated the Reese-Bianca wedding because of the kiss of the man in the middle of the right. Rich's act, which I didn't like. But I think there is an issue. I think the soaps are trying to figure a way to utilize the LGBT community more. Crystal Chappelle's going on B&B. &B, you know. Right. And Joanna Johnson. Um, beautiful. I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah so I want to see how they develop the show. You know, it's just, there's always stop and start, it seems, with gay storylines right. on soaps. Are, are they representing us accurately, or is it just some stereotypical viewpoint of a little piece of our lives, or... I think... There's been some authentic writing at times okay. and some really ridiculous, not, you know, right. doesn't match up. And I think it's really hard. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I mean, I've always thought. <laughs> Say it, Michael. One of the things that I've had an issue with when, when they portray a gay male character uh -huh. is like, you know, they're not all goody goodies, guys. You right. know, the gay guys are always like, the except for Will right now in Days, who's done some shady stuff. They need to be a little shady. Like, all these guys right. are like, mm -hmm. that wonderful cop. And mm -hmm. the da -da -da. I mean, like, some I'm sorry. Colors I know some, some like, not so great yeah. gay people either, you know? Okay. And, you know, and that's part of life. Right. So they need to have colors, like you said. They mm -hmm. have to have, you know, dark secrets yes. and problems. But they don't go there because the secret, the problem is that they're gay. Yeah. Let's get past that they're gay and let's get them into a story that talks about some other part of their yes. life. Because I'm sorry, people, we all have other parts of our lives and <laughs> yes. psyches and just who we want to go to bed with. I'm oh, sorry. You know? Oh, my God. That's exactly how it needs to be done. And it is said perfectly. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Pyramid. I appreciate that so much. You know, one sure thing about it is it's refreshing that we have a man as authentic as you are. That you're there and you're able to articulate it in your writing and in your interviews. That This is what we want. This is what we need. I want to promote anything. Right. Any characters in television, as long as they're portrayed well and written well. Right. And representing the community right, I will want to promote it and let people know they should tune into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like to see General Hospital and The Young and the Restless now be the other two shows that bring in a gay character. That's right. And you it, know, it may or, save your show. I'm it just may saying. save your show. <laughs> we just said <laughs> we have got to take it. Break. You're not going to get it any more authentic than you have it here in the Satin Lounge. Um, it just gets better. Uh, we're going to come back with more of the innovative Michael Fairman in minutes. What I want to talk more about is um, the journey that you've been on, how you were able to embrace your truth about who you are and pursuing your dreams. Can we dig a little deeper into Michael Fairman? Would that be okay with you? Anything for you, Kia. <laughs> Excellent. You are listening to the Satin Lounge with Kieran. Promoting diversity. Diversity. It's a profound thing when you can bring everybody together. 
primarily LGBT people. Right. LGBTQI. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. All, all, all the alphabets. XYZ. Yeah, XYZ. Yes. All the alphabets. If you are a woman and you want to love a woman, no one should judge you for that. If you're a man and you want to love a man, no one should judge you for that. Nothing matters when you feel it. You know what I mean? And we should not be afraid to be who we are when it comes to love. You know, love is love. Nothing matters when you feel it, baby. Showcasing creativity. I love it. Once I realized that you don't have to wait for somebody to give you the yes to mm. do something, and you take the power yourself and you say, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. Um, there's something empowering in that as an artist. The Satin Lounge with, with Kia Renee. Keep listening and supporting this show. We need a show where we can all come together. This is Michael Fairman of On Air on Soaps, and I'm inside the Satin Lounge with Kia Renee, and I'm totally comfy. This is the Satin Lounge. And welcome back to Pillow Talk with our special guest, Michael Fairman, who runs Michael Fairman on air, on soaps. It's a an amazing website with all kinds of things on there. I've been checking out <laughs> videos and interviews. What can they find at your website, Michael? What's, what's your dream there? My dream there was and is, is that I wanted to create a platform that you really get the sense of you're close to your stars, the people that you love to see on daytime, and to give you everything. I mean, you're basically like getting it all. You know, mm-hmm. you're getting the news, interviews, written interviews. If you want to read something quick, video interviews, if you have time to sit and watch it, a podcast if you want you know something that's audio driven mm-hmm. um, the blog so I can give you my personal account of I do the blog when it's a personal account of a big event uh-huh. um, great Emmy coverage great special event coverage basically it's your brand of soap coverage right and the thing is about that when I had created SoapCity.com for Sony right back in 1997 you know there was nothing online ever there was not a soap portal Okay. And I was brought in to create this whole portal that housed the YNR and Days and Guiding Light and mm-hmm. Turn Sites. And through that, I was able to kind of create a, a bit of an identity. And then I, I went back into television and went through a lot of personal um, medical issues. I had multiple surgeries up in 2000 to 2008. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, I want to come back with something of my own brand. Mm-hmm. And so right. that's what I've tried to do, whether I've succeeded or not. I, You know, that's up to the people. But, you know, well, that's I what that I wanted you to have. do. I think you, that you have. You are definitely the go-to soap guy for me. If I need to find out anything, Is I'm headed over I'm gay? to... Well, you know, I might have... No, no. <laughs> It, it's just that you are just a plethora of information. I can just go to michaelfairmansoaps.com and find everything I want about whoever I want in soaps. I think you are, have done an amazing job there. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And listen, I wanted to talk before break. I, I, I uh, shared with you, I want to know more about your journey intimately and how you found this peace and pride even about your own individuality in this business. This business can change you. It can uh, have you wear masks sometimes. Uh, But uh, for the time that I've known you, you seem to be extremely authentic. And how did you reach that place where you were just completely Michael Fairman 24-7? Well, it wasn't easy. I mean, I really struggled with it because what we've been told, you know, we're all told 
you know, whether it's family, mm -hmm. businesses, outside sources, or, you know, how how middle America is that, you know, we got to suppress that people, you know, yes. it's not something that everyone's going to accept. It's going to be really a difficult life for you. Right. You know, it faces all sorts of challenges. It'll be bigotry, you know, everything. And, mm -hmm. and in entertainment, as you know. Yeah. Um, coming out is still a big thing. I know, and it surprises and it's, it's people. Yeah, it's it surprises like, people. Or then, like with Matt Balmer, who I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. I think this man is so talented and handsome and talented, and he can do everything. And you know, and now he finally, you know, acknowledges mm -hmm. partner and his two children that he's had. But it took yeah. him a while. I mean, he didn't just right. go around. You know, they weren't very vocal about it. Mm -hmm. And in Joanna Johnson, such courage, right? It's so hard, yeah, to do that. And I don't think everybody needs to be vocal about it. I don't think it has to be such a, you know, making yeah. an announcement. Yeah. Um, I never really made an announcement. I made a decision. Okay. That. If I was going to be anywhere in the public eye with a website or on camera mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm certainly not a big name, but I mean, in my little world, mm -hmm. I I had to be comfortable if I was going to, you know, and real. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't real to be putting on airs, pretending. Right. It wasn't comfortable. And it was so freeing. Yes. To just be who you are. Because exactly. you don't have to be, uh, if I say that, it will be received as gay. Right. If I do that, he'll think this of me. Or they won't book me on TV. If you watch daytime shows or E! or all, there's always the fashion gay guy or, right. the, or your best girlfriend's gay guy. Or, you know, it's like, so they seem to be, I don't particularly love the the role models they pick and cast because I think sometimes they're a little bit um, stereotypical. stereotypical. Uh -huh. And I think that should be broken a little bit. Yes. And what I've tried to do is, you know, I'm not the guy who, you know, the meek little guy. I mean, I go to the gym all the time. I, I, I exercise yeah, all the bicep, time. I, you know, bicep, yeah. bicep, tricep. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be your little, you know, the dorky guy. You know, I think there's, I think people fall into stereotypes. It's not fair. And I feel very bad when I see gay people, whether old or young, struggling to come out. Yeah. And to be true true to yourself yeah. and not let everyone else bring you down. And once you accept yourself, mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how much easier life is. Right. In the inside, that doesn't make life around you any easier, mm -hmm. but you cannot have that as one of the issues. Right. And having that off your neck or back is right. so freeing. So, right. right. And, and it's so inspiring uh, to have more authentic people in media. And I don't say that that isn't hindering people. I still think it does hinder people in certain aspects of careers and right. things. Um, one of the things that I, I love sports and I follow ESPN like nonstop. Mm -hmm. Like if you're seeing me veg out for an evening, it's not watching soaps. It's I watch all the sports scores and all because it's again, that goes to my mind like what is the score? Who's in first place? You know? Uh -huh. Right. And I keep wondering, I said, you know, I would love someday to be like doing ESPN but I will tell you, I can, I just don't see it. I would it. love to but see I, but you I would, doing you know, that. I would love to do that, like be that sports, you know, the guy, the sports guys are interviewing the star. But I'm like, are they going to be cool with it? Like, I honestly, it's too bad that I'm thinking that hmm. because it's stopping me. That's very interesting. So, but yeah. I've heard that it is very straight. Right. And it is hard for a gay man. It may be different for a lesbian, mm -hmm. maybe because, you know. Because sports and the stereotype. Sports and, the, and those girl basketball player. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting quotes up. Stereotypes people. on stereotype. We told Basketball you that. players. <laughs> the quotes are up. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I don't know where we went with that. Yeah, let's just come back. And, you know, <laughs> listen, um, after 20 years in this medium, um, you know, you've done so much, seen so much, experienced so much with people that you love so much. Um, what would you say you've learned about yourself? What are you most proud of, Michael? Oh, I'm most proud of the fact that I was able to take something that was my passion and turn it into something and make it come to life. It was, it's, been, oh, yeah. it's been amazing. To be able to talk to every one of these actors, I mean, at this point, I'm happy to say after uh, Jeannie Francis and Trevor St. John were two actors I had never interviewed, mm-hmm. and finally I had, so I've been blessed to talk to everybody I wanted to talk to. I have um, uh, gotten to sit down and and, and get their respect. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big one about respect. You know, I've never been the guy that wants all the money. I just wanted respect right. and to know that I was a hard worker and to know that the quality of the product that I put out was quality, you know, and never was like, I'm just going to throw it up there or do that. That isn't what you're going to get. And I see a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. For the fast buck, the quick thing, the big traffic numbers, I don't do that. I won't do that. I have a standard in which I want to uphold and and I want to, you know, if I stop doing daytime or I move or, you know, things change in my life, I want to be remembered as the the journalist you could respect, the guy that brought you everything he could. Mm -hmm. And you know how hard working I was at doing that. And so you were, it was appreciated. And that means a lot to me. So um, I'm, I'm really proud of being able to take my childhood dream and create what I have. It's a beautiful dream. And it's, it's uh, amazing to see a tangible that we can actually go to your website and, and, and see it. And, and I think you're an amazing interviewer. You, you're inspiring, actually. You're someone to study. Absolutely, you are. I've heard that, and I, you know, that's so wonderful because I never thought that. You know, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. uh, I never thought that. I really didn't. I mean, I really <laughs> didn't. And people are like, I'm, and you know, and I get people saying, well, I'm taking something from your game. And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? That's right. You so, I, you know, so it's weird. You know, you have to understand when you ask me these types of questions, it's weird because I know, it's very you're hard to yeah. ask the question. And so here, and this is funny, you know, <laughs> It's not funny, but it's true. Mm-hmm. When you're the on the other side of it, yes. you know, now I know, you know, you prove once again to me how difficult it is to be asked the questions. <laughs> so can you imagine the stars are like, would you shut up? <laughs> That's wonderful. Listen, so um, we have to, we have to get your, I guess, your feedback on where you think uh, soaps are going to go. I mean, we've had some cancellations. We've had some reinventions even. Um, it's changing. Uh, where do you see the future of soap? I don't know. It's very, it's been very sad. It has been a really tough several years. Mm-hmm. And back to the launching of the soap site, mm-hmm. when I launched it, you know, literally the year, the six months after I launched it, Guiding Light got canceled. You know, it was like right after I finally got this vision yeah. up, yeah. the soap started to die off one every year. Right. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> It was like, it was sad. And the fans are outraged. Yeah. You know, and to get them back, I mean, I have to diversify because there just isn't the programming there. Right. So what I've tried to do and take baby steps, and and I'm not saying they're coming along yet, but, you know, I am covering Dallas and GCB and Revenge. And yes, Revenge and GCB are in ABC, Mm -hmm. but... 
you know, there's nothing. I can't keep covering the same four shows with the same four. I mean, there's just right. there needs to be more material for a site to evolve right. because we're evolving. The genre is changing. Mm-hmm. The landscape is changing. Yes. You know, what Crystal Chappelle's done with Venice, as you know, is amazing. Yeah. Um, but Crystal Chappelle's Venice is really, to me, a standalone thing. I mean, I there are other shows on the web, mm-hmm. and I think some of them are good and some of them stink. Right. I mean, they just aren't good. They don't look good. I don't. I feel bad for some of the actors in daytime that are going on these shows. You know, I. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just not all great. But I understand you want to work. Right. For daytime, it, it is tough. I, I don't see new soaps. You know, they're certainly not going to be launching a new soap anytime soon on the daytime. Um, but I do see them coming online. And I do see, and if they can stabilize the, the ones that remain, mm-hmm. that maybe, maybe, maybe stuff will happen later. But it's, it's, it's cyclical. We'll see if this just dies out. Mm-hmm. But part of the problem is the 12 to 19-year-old, the young girls. Yes. They're not watching. And guys, they're watching watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. They're watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's their soap. Mm -hmm. The older generation, meaning 25 to 54, 54 and up, they're watching the soaps and, you know, the soaps and maybe reality. Mm -hmm. So that whole important key demo is Mm -hmm. lost right now. Right. And it's not going to come back anytime soon unless... I don't know, you know, they have to revigorate it mm-hmm. and I, it's it's considered a dinosaur to these young people. Exactly. So there there is a lot of issues with it. Yeah. Well, I see a future for you no matter what happens, even if the soaps, you know, die with the dinosaurs. And I'm not saying that they will. Please don't get all... It's all right. You can call me a dinosaur. You know- <laughs> Can't. I'm saying... <laughs> So what's coming up for you, Michael? What can we look for? I don't to? know. Maybe know a that. date. I don't know. We've got to get you a date. Got to get me a date, Keon. We're going to work on that. But in the interim, <laughs> we have the Emmys coming up, right? Yeah. So June 23rd is the Daytime Emmys. And both, we don't know the nominations today. Uh, we'll see who gets nominated. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that'll be interesting. Um, they're working on HLN and AOL as the home of the Emmy this year. Okay. Because we don't have any television, right? But we'll know in a week. I'm hoping One Life to Live, my show, people, even though it's gone, will get a slew of nominations and go out Me big too. because it is the best show. That show was the best show of the year. That show should never have been canceled. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope they, they get it right and there are nominees from One Life to Live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see June 23rd, Beverly Hills and Hotel. Awesome. And of course, it's the only thing we have anymore. I mean, sad to say... Mm-hmm. Back in the day when I was working for Dick Clark, you know, I was producing the Soap Opera Digest Awards and the This Awards and the That, and there's no awards. So there's no way to honor the hard work that these people do. And I'm sorry, and I've always said, yes, there's schlock storylines, but sometimes these performers give amazing performances in schlock storylines because there's some some great actors in daytime. Absolutely. You know what? I, I... I have a surprise for you. Somebody here? No, oh, okay. no, there's no date set up today. Oh, but what we... <laughs> you brought an old date? <laughs> what we do have is I found a little a little nugget of your history. And uh, can you take a look at this? This is uh, a CD that I found in yours. I did not know that you could sing, first of all. And I did not know you had a CD. And you probably don't want me to play it, but too bad this is my show, so... Yes, I, yes, 
you made me come out. I am a singer. I cannot believe, and you sound great. I love this first track, Where Are You Now, which is what I'm going to play here in just a few minutes. But why are you not doing this anymore? What? I mean, I can't believe you dug out my skeleton. <laughs> Although it's not really a skeleton. Well, it fell out of the closet. It fell out of the closet. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, I am a singer, and I, I have been all my life, and I started out in my life wanting to be a singer. Wow. And and pursuing a singing career. It's awesome. It has, it's kind of George Michael-esque or something. It is George Michael-esque, it's I would nice. say. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing was, um, I started out in this industry as a singer and a songwriter. And when I, my goal in life was to be a recording artist. I went to LA and New York. I worked with some amazing people, amazing people. I got a publishing deal at MCA Records. I was, I was writing songs with some great people in my 20s. I played all the clubs. You know, I was playing the R&B clubs in New York. You know, Michael I was the- I was Fairman doing R&B, you guys. Right, so I was like, you know, the funky white guy uh-huh. doing R&B. And back then, you know, there Sweet. was George Michael and all these other people, and uh-huh. Tina Marie and all this stuff. You uh-huh. know, I love Tina Marie. And uh, Tina all the R&B greats were my inspiration. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So- Well, you did it. I did it, but then it, like, and then I decided at 31, because living in New York and pursuing this dream, I got very burned out from the A&R showcases and, and yeah. a lot of money. It's money. Music music was always like, you have to have a lot of money, I felt at the time. And now it's kind of, you know how the music industry is now. Mm-hmm. So what happened was um, I had to have neck surgery. They had to cut through your throat mm-hmm. to put a plate and screws through it and they were going to go through the front. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern was because I loved my singing voice, right. you know, I didn't want them to cut the laryngeal, there's a laryngeal nerve that can get cut if they hit the wrong thing. Right. So I had to run around trying to find the right surgeon that would do the surgery. Mm-hmm. And I did. One of my proudest accomplishments was I had gone through back and neck surgery. And after I had gone through all of it, um, long story short, in 2008, um, after I recovered from the surgeries, I, I started performing again and I got a band together and I went out and performed in front of my doctors and friends and all that. It was so amazing to finally get up there and like people didn't know. Right. I was just so gung-ho to make something. So I did my music and my soap site mm-hmm. and then they both went and then like the soap site took off and then, you know, it was like right. all these things kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the backstory. But I loved the CD and, and um, you know, I, I've been looking to do more tracks and stuff. It's just, where's the time? And, and this is Where Are You Now? I'm going to play this, Michael. I, I think people need to get familiar with that other side of you. I think this is wonderful. See, and I'm coming out to you. See, oh. This is why I wanted to, you know, this is one of the great things that you're doing. And I think, and you're making me come forward. Go get the CD. Check it out. It's at uh, michaelfairman.net. You didn't even know I had that address. I am So there are two websites you can find me on. The the music one and the soap one. michaelfairmansoaps.com I got it right. michaelfairman.net Go and get the music. Keep up with the soaps. Keep up with the guy. Your authenticity has just always inspired me. And thank you so much for coming to the Satin Lounge. I want you to like come back and help me host one of these nights here. Anytime. We'll work on getting you a date and stuff. And we'll just we'll just take callers and ask them five <laughs> questions. How do you look? How do you what look? Are you wearing? Where do you wear? What do you work at? Where do you work at? And do you have any yeah. skeletons in your closet? There's four. And have you ever... <laughs> 
Michael Fairman is the best, you guys. Please keep up with him. All of his deets and links are at thesetandlounge.com. <laughs> Michael, thank you thank so you, much. Thank you, for and having me. It's so much fun. As promised, this is where. Well, why don't you introduce your own track? Do it. And now Michael Fairman singing the introspective, provocative, and hauntingly beautiful Where Are You Now? In the Sun Lounge. With Key Renee, Michael, help me say it. Breathe it in. Breathe it in.